Okay, so I am recording the intro for your dry skin episode two days after I recorded the episode. I really tried to get this to y'all on Friday, but that was not possible. Something had to give, and it wasn't going to be my temper, and it wasn't going to be my sanity either. So I recorded the episode. I didn't have time to edit or post, but I'm getting to it now after I've spent time with friends and family and gotten my other work commitments done. And I feel really good that this is late because (laughs) this is the Out of the Overwhelmed podcast. And I promised myself I would not be overwhelmed creating this. So in this episode, I'm going to give you a bit of a life update And then we're going to dive into a bunch of dry skin tips. Everything that you can do to increase hydration, no matter your skin type, even if you have oily skin, and for any budget. There are even tips in here that you can uh, implement right now, this week, for free. So I hope you all enjoy this, and we will... See you back here next Monday for another episode of Out of the Overwhelm. Hey loves, I'm a personal development junkie and I have been for the last 20 years. No seriously, I am a self-care advocate and life coach and I am passionate about helping other women out of the overwhelm and into the happiest, most authentic versions of themselves. I hold multiple certifications in a variety of fields that combined allow me to customize healing and energizing self-care rituals for my clients. I've been through and come through a lot, chronic pain and fatigue, depression and anxiety, and just about postpartum everything. I'm an empath with compassion and intuition for others' needs. Now I help other women get unstuck with practical self-care tips on makeup and skincare to custom self-care rituals you can use to nourish your body, mind, and soul. So what are you waiting for? It's time to take your power back. Let's get started. Okay, welcome to episode three of the Out of the Overwhelm podcast. I am sitting in my basement office right now recording this on my laptop. I have a thin sheet over my head trying to make the audio sound better for you all. I will be ordering the appropriate microphone, but right now I'm just hiding in the basement away from my kids who have been home all week thanks to remote schooling. Uh, If I haven't mentioned before, I have a four-year-old daughter and an eight-year-old son who I am homeschooling right now while working, uh, self-employed. My husband's home too. We're just all home all the time together. Thank you, Omicron. (laughs) I know that a lot of the times I sound um, cheerful and pretty peppy, but uh, to be honest, this week was a very stressful week trying to balance work and kids and the extra attention everyone seems to need from mom because it's such a stressful week. It seems like everybody needs more from me and um, I tend to let my own needs go. Case in point, I have not showered yet today. I'm leaving for work in a half an hour. And I want to keep my commitment to post this for you all because 
this sharing gives me life and I really do think it's important. And I think that all self-care is important. And the reason being that every time you do something that is self-care focused, you are filling your cup and you are more and more on your side. And I was thinking earlier today about how some self-care is seen as seen as, you know, appropriate and some self-care is seen as indulgent. And I really wish that we didn't listen to or care about other people's opinions when it comes to self-care, but I think we do. I think, you know, for a long time there's been this martyr archetype for mothers that put themselves last and that equals a good mother. So a mother that is just like sweating with the ponytail and the sweatpants and has spent all day cleaning and grocery shopping and working and all the other multiple lists of things that we are expected to do in this day and age is just, what is the word? It's just unreasonable. We are human beings. And even furthermore, I don't think that being the martyr type mother archetype is necessarily the best thing in the best interest of our families. I know that when I am running from task to task and really from job to job, from mother to wife to cook to maid to a self-employed person to, you know, creative and all those other jobs and lists of things to friends to daughter when I am running from just responsibility to responsibility to responsibility I become pretty cranky and at some point I stop caring how other people are feeling and sure I may show up for them but not in a way that is (laughs) life-giving and I really do Um, think from my own experience that when I do set my boundaries in how much I will give of myself before I replenish, um, that it really does make a difference. And that, you know, that hug lasts a little longer and it's just more emotionally fulfilling for my kids. Or, you know, I'm more present with my husband when he talks about his day. And so I really am meeting people's needs versus just, you know, going through the motions. Connecting with other people is so important too for our own emotional health. When you don't feel like you're connecting with anyone and it's just take, 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 you know, you get bitter and you don't feel appreciated and you feel angry and then there can be emotional eating and then there's guilt about emotional eating and yada, 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 and it just kind of spirals, right? Anyways, so I am pretty proud of myself that I have managed to avoid that crossing that boundary where I am like feeling like I have to give up my own self-care or own filling of my cup in order to treat others. Sure, the kids have been watching more screen time and, you know, something has to give. Sure, I may not have showered a day or two (laughs) and I may not have kept up with my skincare routine 100%, but these are trying times and So that's what had to give this week so that I could have my mental health time, which was connecting with my community. This is one of the ways going into work with my clients. I'm not canceling people. I'm making it work because I find that fulfilling. And so skincare is what I wanted to talk about today. And 
I guess that was kind of a tangent saying, well, you know, some forms of self-care are more acceptable than others. And when it comes to skincare and people just looking for like the cheapest thing that they need to do so that their skin doesn't look horrible, but they don't feel good about it either. The whole reason that I got into skincare to begin with was I started off as a makeup artist and then there were people hiring me to teach them makeup so they could cover up their skin. And I was just like, well, what are you using on your skin? And it would be like lemon juice and this peach pit scrub. And if I have time, I'll throw some of this body moisturizer on my face. And I'm like, wait a second, don't spend $300 on makeup and lessons trying to cover this up. Just take care of your skin. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so then that's how I fell in love with skin, and the rest is history. Anyways, so moving on. There are a lot of things out of our control this week, but one thing that is in your control is taking care of that dry skin. So I'm excited to share with you some tips that won't even require that you buy one skincare product. So that's exciting. And then there are tips that require you buy skincare products, a partner with Dermalogica. I'm a professional skincare therapist. Dermalogica is a professional skincare line. To me, it is the holy grail. It is the fixer of all things. And so I always recommend that you come in for a facial because using a really active product, and there are more and more of those products out there these days, like in the ordinary, you can really actually do the reverse for your skin if you're using it the wrong way, too frequently. Um, or it's not a good match for your skin. So you might be trying to address acne by or oily skin and you're really like drying your skin out, which produces more oil, which produces more acne, and then it becomes a vicious cycle. (laughs) So before I dive into the solutions, one of the things that you should understand about skincare um, and dry skin in particular is that there is a difference between dehydrated skin and dry skin. Okay, so dry skin is when there is a lack of oil and dehydrated skin is when you have a lack of water. Dry skin is a genetic condition or it can be brought on by medication that reduces oil production, especially medications that affect hormones. And so when you have dry skin, you have to make sure that you are adding oils or ceramides, or both, kind of the same thing, into your routine to protect your skin. Now, if you have dehydrated skin, you could have dry skin or oily skin and still have dehydrated skin. And dehydrated skin is a lack of water. And often what I see is people who have oily skin, but it's dehydrated. And how this happens is If you have grown up with oily skin, when you're a teenager, if you had really oily skin, you probably gravitated to acne products and that marketed to teenagers, and perhaps you have carried that forward into your adult years. And the products marketed specifically for teens with oily skin is for the teens that are like oil slicks. This is um, a big change in your hormones, puberty causes an excess of oil. And so they're 
skin, how young their skin is, how quickly their skin turns over at that age can handle the really drying products that they throw at it in brands like Clearasil, for example, that have benzyl peroxide. Now, when you go into adulthood, your oil production is likely going to decrease, but you've gotten used to that squeaky clean feel from those teenage products likely. I'm just saying what typically happens and then how what I end up seeing at the at when they finally come to me. So perhaps you might have graduated into from teen products to other products, but still they're gel, they're foamy, they're all about making you feel squeaky clean and they're like removing the oil. And so those products are have um SLS is the acronym, and it's sodium lauryl sulfate. And there are a gazillion names for sodium lauryl sulfate, and there are other spinoffs of it that are not as bad. But for the most part, this one product is probably the biggest culprit for dehydrated skin in people with oily skin. The second culprit is people with oily skin thinking they don't need moisturizer. But let's go back to problem number one, stripping the skin. So sodium lauryl sulfate is a key ingredient in dish soap. Think of the Dawn commercials with all the oily duckies and they use Dawn to get the oil off. And Dawn actually repels and strips off the grease. But what people don't know is In order to do that, you are actually stripping up your natural oils of your skin that are kind of the martyr, or not the martyr, (laughs) I'm still on the martyr, (laughs) the mortar between if you picture the skin cells as bricks and what's holding them all together is the oil. So those natural oils are... Um, such a way that they're not going to clog your pores. And if they're at an adequate level, then that keeps everything nice and sealed and your skin protected from environmental stresses like sun, wind, pollution, dirt, bacteria, and all those things. If you start stripping that oil away day after day, you will wear it down to the point where there's cracks between the skin. And that's when you have a broken skin barrier. That means that water can get out, and so you are, you are constantly losing hydration from your skin through water loss, and that means the bad things can get in, and that's when you start seeing breakouts and irritation in your skin and bacteria stuck in there because you've lost that healthy border, that first line of protection for your skin, okay? So I would look at your cleanser as like the number one culprit if you have dehydrated skin. And how do you tell if you have dehydrated skin? Well, you're just going to see more lines and wrinkles, and especially if you see the fine lines. Okay, so if you're seeing like, if you look at a dry hand, you can kind of see this like crisscross pattern almost. Like when you think of leather skin or a leather pattern, just look close and see if you see that. A rough texture in your skin is an indication of dehydration. So you can just feel that there's dry skin hanging on for way too long. Redness, inflammation, irritation, stinging or burning when you put on a lotion, especially um, chemical sunscreens um, are a big trigger for that kind of stinging and burning sensation. Okay, so if you have oily skin, you want to see if your cleanser is stripping. Now what people shy away from when they have oily skin is oil, but you need to think about this. 
if you put oil and water together, the oil repels the water. Okay. But if you want to get all of the dirt and grime that has stuck to your face throughout the day, so you have oil on your face and you're collecting all the, all this dirt and grime all day, and then you try to remove it with water, you're basically just wetting the germs, right? But the theory behind using an oil to cleanse your skin is that you're sweeping before you mop. So the oil attracts the oil. So you can actually lift off that dirt from your face using an oil rinse that off, and then go in with a cleanser. And then you no longer need to strip all the oil off your skin. You can just sweep before you cleanse. And then you can use a cleanser that is not stripping of oil. So it's actually going in and cleansing your pores, maybe with good ingredients like salicylic acid, for example. But I do really love um, a cream cleanser. And there's a lot of different kinds of cream cleansers on the market. There's um, a cream where it's like very opaque, so it's just white. Uh, my favorite one by far is Intensive Moisture Cleanser from Dermalogica. Or there are ones that are just like an oil, and then you add water and it emulsifies into like a milk. And, and a good example of that is Pre-Cleanse from Dermalogica. So that would be doing an oil cleanse, what they call an, a true oil cleanse. Or there's kind of like a hybrid where it's called like a milk cleanser. So it's kind of like they've found a way to nicely combine the oil and the water together. So you already have that milky texture when you apply it to your skin. So either of these are great for removing sunscreen and for removing makeup. So anytime that you have sunscreen or makeup on your face, you should be cleansing twice. Sweep, then mop. Okay. So that is kind of the number one culprit for oily skin. The number one cul the second culprit for oily skin is people will not put moisturizer on their face and or sunscreen because they have oily skin and they just don't want to make it more oily. But what you don't understand is when you are stripping the skin of your natural oils and you're not adding any kind of protection or moisture back in, your skin becomes vulnerable to the environment around it. It feels that stress, and in order to protect itself, it will produce more oil. So the best thing that you can do for your skin is find a moisturizer that is a texture that you can tolerate and that does not have ingredients that will clog your pores. Okay, so... A lot of people are afraid of things that have oil in them because they're thinking that oil is the equivalent of dirt and it's going to clog pores. But really, there are different, very many different types of oils and your favorite oils to look for in a product are seed oils. And the reason is, is that these oils are a smaller molecule size that will not clog the pore. Okay. The types of oils that clog the pore, and I know this is a favorite of people who like all natural skincare, but coconut oil. The molecule size of coconut oil is likely to, to clog most people's pores. And this is why products with oil in them, like, um, like something with coconut oil and somebody with large pores may have used that product in the past and they've gotten their their pores clogged so what you are looking for is seed oils okay 
And the best seed oils for skin, if you just want to buy like a straight up oil for moisturizing your skin, grape seed oil, jojoba oil, and emu oil. Those are like the top three. Grape seed oil is probably the lowest price point that you can find. And it's very well absorbed. Jojoba oil um, is probably your, your middle line oil. And emu oil is up there in quality. And that is actually often recommended for people recovering from chemical peels. Okay. But um, it is usually a better bet to get a product that includes some of these seed oils, as well as some vitamins for your skin Um, something to create a nice barrier on your skin from wind and other things. You need to understand that moisturizers aren't just for moisturizing your skin. They are a protective layer, okay? And so they prevent moisture from getting out and they prevent um, environmental damage and other things like that from getting in. So a note about sunscreen. It is important that you wear sunscreen every single day, even in winter, because sun damage is going to be the number one cause of skin aging and it is actually thought to be 90% of all skin aging is caused by UV damage. And you have to think that in the winter you're getting lower UV rays but that is hitting your skin twice. It's once in the sun and once bouncing off the snow. So that really does add up. And the more sun damage you have, the less collagen your skin can produce, the slower it repairs its skin, the less it is good at um, sloughing off the dead skin. It just doesn't work as optimally. So I would highly recommend that you find a moisturizer with some good seed oils if you have dry skin that provides some sort of a barrier. So yes, you are going to feel something slightly on your skin like you have something that protects your skin throughout the day, especially in the winter, because the furnaces running all the time are just creating such dry conditions, okay? So as far as skin product goes, those are my major recommendations. Um, For dry skin in particularly, it is really important to have maybe even a thicker barrier. So you are going from uh, a gel formula perhaps or a mattifying formula for somebody with oily skin that's still moisturizing to somebody with really dry skin, you want a thicker, richer formula. So you want something that's opaque and it's white and it does have a heavier feel because you don't naturally produce those oils too. Your protective layer is very thin, okay? So some things that you can do for free to combat dry skin, coming right up. All right, so the number one issue with winter dry skin is a lack of humidity in the air. So one of the biggest differences you can make is by upping the humidity in your bedroom at night using a humidifier. So sleeping with a humidifier next to your bed, you can get cold air humidifiers, you get warm air humidifiers. Those will help your skin and they'll also make your breathing more comfortable. So that is a trick. If you don't have a humidifier and you find that the humidity in your house is really low and something that's really low is really anything below 30%. I remember working in corporate and reviewing some um, leasing contracts and it's actually the law that if you are leasing a building and needs a minimum 
uh, humidity level of 25% to be comfortable for human beings. So if you are at 30%, you are getting dangerously low in your home. So you might want to look into some more like longer term solutions for humidity in your home. But one of the solutions is to actually boil water on the stove. So this could up your hydro bill, but to just keep a pot of water simmering on the stove all day can help um, up the humidity in your home overall. And that's with the fan off. Another thing that helps, and I know we don't like to hear this, especially in the frigid winter, but turning down the heat in your shower. Okay, so most of my clients are not willing to give up the hot shower. The steam from the hot shower actually dries your skin out more. But um, if you can't do that, at least when you're rinsing your face, try to use cool um, cooler water, tepid, lukewarm is still better um, than, you know, continuing to use the same hot water that you're using to wash your body or your face. And another good tip is to leave your face slightly damp when you put moisturizer on. So when you put moisturizer on, for the most part, it is a barrier. It is a larger molecule. It is called a moisturizer, but it's first job and the job it's best at is creating a barrier. And I'm sorry if you're whispering in the background. My daughter can just not be apart from me another minute longer and she is trying her best to be quiet while she's in the same room as me. So she's whispering to herself. So that's what that is if it happens to show up. Anyways, so back to leaving some moisture on your skin. So when you dry your face, just dab lightly. So you're not like dripping and so that you like, you know, you can open your eyes comfortably and put your moisturizer over that. Even better is if you have a serum, and I know hyaluronic acid is all the rage right now because it's known to plump up the skin and it does that by attracting moisture to it and it can hold 1,000 times its molecular weight in water. Like that sounds amazing and wonderful, but if your skin is bone dry and you've just like, you know, like wiped your face dry with a terry towel roughly and it's all bone dry and then you stick some hyaluronic acid in there, whether it's in your serum or your moisturizer, it's going to like actually can make your skin worse because it's just pulling what little moisture you had left there into itself. So that's why you want to leave some water on your skin. And the reason why a serum is even better because the molecules and hydration in a serum are built to be smaller to go deeper into the skin. Serums are built to treat the skin and they're not like moisturizers where their number one job is a barrier. They're actually built to penetrate the skin. So my absolute favorite serum for hydrating the skin is the Dermalogica Biolumin C serum. So this stuff is amazing because it packs, it's like a triple threat. It has a humectant in it called lactic acid. And so that is a smaller molecule, can get deep in the skin, attracts water to it as well as hyaluronic acid, which is also in it. But lactic acid actually increases skin cell turnover and that helps get the newer, um, glowier, healthier skin to the surface faster. So that's going to get you the dewy look that you want by using a serum with lactic acid in it daily. Lactic acid, however, is not going to feel nice if you have that broken skin barrier. So we may have to repair that first before you take on a serum like that. 
why I always say you need to see a skin therapist. Otherwise, you're just experimenting on your skin. The people at the drugstore really don't understand, you know, the hundred different products on the shelf, okay? You're just going with whatever has worked for their skin. A skin therapist knows how to analyze skin, diagnose the root of the issue, get your skin repaired, and then get you on a proper long-term regimen for maintenance. So please go to my website if you are in Winnipeg or in the Manitoba area and you can get into Winnipeg easily. Or even if you want to anywhere in the world, you can work a virtual consult with me and I will help you get to the root of your skin problems for good. And you can stop wasting your money and throwing out half-used bottles that never work for you. Okay, so back on track. So we were talking about getting out of the shower and leaving water on your skin and the reason why you would want to do that, whatever products that you're using now. But I'm saying specifically, it will magnify the results if you are using a serum. Why? <laughs> Bit of a re review because serum goes deeper into the skin. And so if you pull that hydration deeper into the skin, it's not sitting at the surface to evaporate quickly. Okay, so your skin is going to be much more comfortable. The more comfortable your skin is, the less irritated, the less it's working on fighting all the environmental stresses, the better it can work on producing healthy skin cells that feel good and comfortable. Okay, so the final thing that I would say um, if you have dry skin is over exfoliation. So this is free because a lot of you need to stop what you're overdoing. So it can be using scrubbing tools too often. If you're using a scrubbing tool every day, that could be too much for your skin, especially if it's already stripped. Um, if you are using like a terry cloth towel or a face cloth and you like to really get in there and scrub, that can be too much for your skin. And this all varies, but usually if your skin is healthy, doing some sort of physical exfoliation Two, to two times a week max. It should really be all you need. The real, the, the real glowing benefit would be to use a chemical exfoliation in a serum daily. So then you don't need as much physical exfoliation because there isn't that buildup of flakiness. Okay, so I think I've gone through kind of my top tips. The only other thing I would say is like in the winter, if you walk your dogs often, if you're outside walking in winter sports, try to protect your skin with an, an additional barrier, be that a Vaseline. My favorite to recommend to clients because it's not shiny, but a very, very good barrier is Berry Repair Cream from Dermalogica. Or there's one more thing those face masks come in handy for. I know my son prefers to wear a mask when he walks to school in the winter because it's just so much warmer and kids don't wear a lot of scarves these days, do they? But that would work as well. So please, if you have any questions, I believe if you're on Spotify, you can send me a voice message. I will give you an opportunity to continue the conversation. Hit me up through my DMs on Facebook or Instagram, it will be linked below. And if you are struggling to figure out which of these hints best applies to you, why don't you book a facial with me or a virtual consult? And we can I can help you get to the root of it and send you in the right direction and hopefully avoid loss of more money, frustration, and time. 
there we go. That is something I control. I feel so good knowing that somebody's going to hear something here today that's going to help them hopefully um, have more comfortable skin and maybe not criticize themselves so much in the mirror because skin is normal. It does the best it can. And if you have time for self-care, you can support it. And my kids have absolutely lost patience and are making noise. So I'm going to sign off for Friday. You have a new episode coming in Monday. We're going to continue on talking about things we can do to be less tired. Hope everybody has a great weekend and hope to hear you, see you back here. See, uh, just know that you're back here soon would be wonderful. Bye now. If you enjoyed today's episode, please remember to follow and hit that notification bell to hear the next episode. If you would like to continue the conversation, please follow me on Instagram at Melissa Lee Kissel or Facebook currently under That Makeup Girl. I'll be sure to post the episodes and give you a chance to comment and ask any questions. And I would really love to hear how the tips in this episode helped you out of the overwhelm. I am offering everyone a free consultation if you would like to know how I can help you with one-on-one coaching. Please go to my website at www.melissaleekissel.com to set up a time to find out how I can help you out of the overwhelm. Until next time, take care loves.